Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and today's episode is a classic from our archives. This one is about the strange cultural phenomenon that is the waterbed. My parents had one. Our Labrador retriever figured out how to pop holes in it and liked watching the water squirt out, which was pretty much the end of that. But outside of my childhood home, waterbeds evolved. So could they ever make a large-scale comeback? Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. The waterbed was born around half a century ago as the counterculture's solution to something pretty basic— We're talking a lack of sleep, of course, though the promise of sloshy lovemaking was definitely a selling point back in the day, too. It was an almost immediate, groovy-licious success. By the late 1980s, waterbeds accounted for somewhere around 15% of the bedding market, or a tidy $2 billion a year, according to a contemporary New York Times article. If you were cool back then, or thought you were, or wanted to be, or if you valued a good night's sleep on gently rolling waves or dreamed of nights filled with wild surfing passion, you owned a waterbed. Or you wanted one. Almost as quickly as the waterbed revolution began, though, it crashed. The novelty wore off. The revolution died. The era faded away. These days, statistics for waterbed sales are hard to come by. But it's clear that things aren't like they were back in the swinging 70s and 80s and even into the 90s. The competition, mainly things like air mattresses and memory foam, has grown. The number of waterbed manufacturers and sellers has shrunk. Do you even know anyone who still owns a waterbed? Lynn Hardman does. He still sleeps on one every night. He's also sold thousands of them over the past few decades. Hardman owns Southern Waterbeds and Futons in Athens, Georgia, and admits that business isn't like it was in the 1970s, a time when mattress stores didn't dot every strip mall in every suburb, and -and mom-and-pop shops didn't have to compete with the internet. But there's still business out there. Hardman has operated his store for 43 years, almost as long as waterbeds have been around, and the waterbed is still hanging on. He said... It's like night and day. The waterbed has really followed that baby boom generation from the counterculture of the late 1950s to where we are today. The early customers back then were younger, and today it's almost entirely the opposite. The baby boomers are older, much wiser, and in some cases, buying that final bed. Waterbed manufacturers and showrooms like Hardman's are easy enough to find if you're looking. Most brands offer hard-sided beds that, like the first ones, rely on a major piece of wood furniture to hold the mattress in place. Newer, soft-sided water mattresses can stand on their own, though they all need some kind of a solid base because of the weight of the mattress. Depending on size, a water mattress can hold up to 200 gallons, that's about 760 liters of water, which is more than 1,600 pounds, or about 725 kilograms. And the lure of waterbeds has, of course, always been that water. Aficionados swear by its all-around supportive properties. Hardman talks about being enveloped in a water mattress rather than lying on top of a standard one. Most water mattresses now come with baffles, too, that control how waveless they are for those turned off by that too sloshy feeling. Most have heaters that can regulate the temperature of the water anywhere from 70 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit, about 21 to 38 degrees Celsius. The newest mattresses are split into dual zones, too, so one person can enjoy a different firmness, temperature, and wave control than his or her sleeping partner. The waterbed of the 21st century clearly is not the fur-covered playground that Hugh Hefner put on his private jet and flew around on in the 1970s. 
It was round and had a Tasmanian possum bedspread. The man credited with inventing and patenting the waterbed is septuagenarian Charlie Hall. He's come up with a new one that he's marketing through a string of furniture stores in Florida. Here's a quote from the Kitsap Sun in Bainbridge, Washington. Gone is the wooden frame that made the older bed so hard to get out of, exchanged for a foam collar that surrounds the water bladder. Spandex covers the top of the mattress to give a floating sensation. A fiber insert quells waves and keeps the water bladder still. An updated temperature system keeps the water feeling just right. The innovations, Hall is hoping, will spur nostalgia in some and interest a new generation of buyers in a piece of bedroom furniture that they may know little about. Hooking that new generation of kids may be the biggest challenge in the waterbed's potential comeback. Hardman occasionally sees some young people in his store now, but they're accompanied by parents or grandparents who drag the kids along to show them a relic from the past, a novelty item. This would all seem rather quaint if sleep wasn't such a deadly serious topic. Research over the past few years has shown just how critical a good night's sleep is— A continued lack of sufficient sleep has been strongly associated with, among other health problems, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, and a decreased life expectancy. And the National Sleep Foundation's annual poll shows that only 10% of Americans prioritize sleep over other things in their lives, like work, working out, hobbies, or their social life. Most people, 60% the poll found, say they don't even consider ahead of time how much sleep they may need in planning out their days. Hardman has a potential answer to that problem sitting in his store, just as it has been for the past 43 years. He said, There's just something about that semi-weightless state that you can only get laying on a waterbed. There's something about it that's so soothing and relaxing. We'd posit that some rigorous scientific research is in order, though it sounds like plenty of people are still running their own small-time experiments. Today's episode is based on the article, Could Waterbeds Ever Make a Comeback? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by John Donovan. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 